Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. I'm with Dustin Hopkinsmith. Dustin, today we are going to finish up our KSN Top 40, but before we do that, we got some news coming up in quarter number one with uh, Penn State Media Day this past weekend. How are you doing, my friend? Are you ready for some Penn State football talk? Boy, I'll tell you, I, I mentioned this on another podcast last week. This is the time of year where you're turning a corner. And I say that because Penn State's Media Day usually comes the first week of practice. And what happens is you have all these different people who are writing stories or doing shows, whatever they're doing, collecting all kinds of stuff. So really what happens now is between now and the start of the season, everybody's bankrolled a bunch of quotes and stuff. There's going to be Penn State in the news, I would suspect, every single day. And that's not even getting into open practices and James Franklin news conferences and all that stuff. So this, this to me, this past weekend marks the official end of the offseason in my eyes. That's a good way to put it, and I think, Dustin, for us, the key is how do you separate, like, the wheat from the chaff, what counts, what doesn't. As I always say, one of the things about this media access to the coaches is how it works is if media person says, Coach, tell me about player John Smith. Oh, John Smith is doing fantastic. John Smith is great. We then get an article the next day about John Smith, and the assumption as a fan is, oh my goodness, John Smith is you know, doing great. The fact is, he's doing great because the reporter asked about him. Where I think you separated is, when do the coaches bring a name up? That, to me, is the difference. So, you went through... Some of this from uh, James Franklin, the other coaches. What was it? What were the things that stood out for you, though? Yeah, I mean, I think one of those names that was brought up was Johnny Dixon, uh, without being asked about him or the cornerback competition. So it would seem that what Johnny is doing at practice is standing out in some way or another. Now, what that means in in terms of competition, we'll see. Um, I think another thing that, that stood out was Sal Wormley. I think it was just emphasized again, like we, we're, we're not just saying his name now. He, he looked legitimate last year before the season began, before he got hurt. So he's not, he's not just somebody that we're just irrationally excited about. Uh, so his, his name too, the, the, the fact that, you know, he went into detail about how much they really liked him going back to last year. Um, I thought was it was significant and to me said, okay, just hold your horses on any talk about Hunter Norzad just assuming a starting role. Like, Sam Wormley is an actual factor here. And if I had to bet right now, I would say he's probably the starter at one of the guard spots. How do you also read the tea leaves overall here, Dustin, with the offensive line? Even last week with the Big Ten media day, James Franklin, it seems like here's his approach this year with the offensive line. You guys are tired of hearing me say, I think this is the year the offensive line has turned it around. I'm going to wait. Let their actions speak for themselves. How do you read that? Does that mean they 
he truly believes they've turned a corner, or he doesn't want to deal with him saying that now and have the words come back to haunt him. Uh, I think it's more of the second uh, door. It's door number two in my eyes. And uh, I do feel like, I don't think he cares how the reporters feel. I don't think he cares if reporters are sick of hearing it. I think he understands that, that there's not a whole lot he can say with fans. That's credible right now because he's cried wolf a bunch of times. And he's even alluded to that. You know, he he's been equally optimistic in previous years and it hasn't panned out for one reason or another. And so now he's just, I, I don't think he's any less optimistic about the group they have. I just think he understands that Penn state fans have O line optimism fatigue right now. And he's not, willing to feed into it because he knows it's just not something that he should do. And probably in the back of his mind, he's thinking, you know, I'm not jinxing this group. I feel good about it, but maybe if I don't say anything about it, maybe this is the year and that's the reason that they suddenly start meeting or exceeding expectations. The other part, and stop me if you've heard this before, Dustin, we're really emphasizing the running game. How do you read that? this year. I I do believe it was a point of emphasis. And and really the question is, okay, what goes into emphasizing the run game? You know, you have the you have the luxury. I mean, I think, you know, if you if you add up the the inability to run the ball last year with the inability to get any backup quarterbacks any reps or seasoning prior to the start of the season, it does seem to suggest that when Mike Yersich arrived, it was just kind of a sprint to get Sean Clifford and to get that passing offense going to install the playbook where now maybe that they've had a chance to to catch their breath a bit. They're able to emphasize that part of it. And when, when I hear emphasize, you know, through the winter and the spring, I think just putting more work into it, more practice repetitions into it, um, making it more of a sense of pride amongst everyone involved, maybe more so with the offensive line than anybody else. Um, And I don't know that that necessarily means when the season begins, we're going to do more of it. I think they're the, and you know, Mike Yersich was asked about this um, the last time he was available to reporters. And I thought his response then was interesting. You know, having a really good run game is not necessarily about, you know, big gaudy bottom line yardage totals. It's all about efficiency. And whether you run it 15 times or 50 times, you want efficiency and you want good metrics in terms of what you're what you're rushing uh, per on, on average. So I think they're really just trying to make the most out of the run game. Um, James Franklin also added that he thinks that there's going to be more big plays being made through the run game, which kind of makes sense if they're going to um, have better talent there. So, you know, like I, what they mean by emphasize, I'm not really sure, but I really feel like, and I've said it before, for the offensive line to build an identity around pushing guys around is probably a pretty good thing to start the year. Establishing the run game and letting those guys get downhill and start mauling some people and and not worry, you know, not that you're not technical when you're doing that, but I think there's just something to be said about building confidence by pushing guys around, especially early in the season with how last year went. Dustin, I'm of the feeling that it's not so much emphasizing the running game. It's getting better offensive linemen and better running backs, which I think they've done this year. I really do. So James Franklin doesn't want to say it. I will, Dusty. Better offensive linemen, 
My call is they might even be better all the way across the line at all five positions, and they do have more talent at running back. Let's go to the other side of the ball. The big changeover this year is Manny Diaz is coming in, and the emphasis is going to be in applying pressure and forcing turnovers. We also hear that a lot, but it seems to be with Manny Diaz coming in, it's truly a philosophy of his, and his history says it is that is the case. Yeah, and I think he, he's got more of an aggressive mindset than Brent Pry does, and you'll see that in exotic blitz, blitz packages and maybe bringing blitzes in situations where opponents don't expect it as much, being unpredictable as far as that goes. Uh, he's already talked about how important the pass rush is to everything. Not that that's breaking news, but what I do feel like when they talk about emphasizing turnovers, I laughed about it a little bit in the past because that has been another theme that like, oh, we're really emphasizing that too. But if you're emphasizing it as a coaching staff and you're practicing it and, and all that stuff, but you don't really have guys who have good ball skills, I don't know where, where that goes. Now, you know, with as a defensive coordinator, if you can set the tone that everybody's flying to the ball and everybody's trying to pop the ball out and, and you can establish that mindset and clearly they'll have that. But I feel like this secondary has the best collective ball skills of maybe any defensive backfield that James Franklin has had. If you look at what Jair Brown did last season with six interceptions, um, Daquan Hardy, the number three cornerback, the nickel cornerback, uh, led the team in pass breakups last year. I think Kalen King can be good in that department. I think maybe Joey Porter Jr. is just scratching the surface in that area. And I do feel like if Zaki Wheatley gets a lot of run at safety, he's going to be very, very good in that area too in terms of anticipation, high-pointing the ball, making the play in the defensive backfield. They haven't really had... You know, and if it's Wheatley and Jair Brown on the field at the same time, it's hard to think of any you know one-two punch at safety where they're so capable of making plays that that lead to sudden changes and and short fields and stuff like that. So I, I I I'm buying into the emphasizing turnovers more so because I think the personnel supports it rather than the, this grand philosophy change. I don't think there's any doubt the defensive backfield supports the theory. Do the defensive ends, remember we're replacing Arnold Ibakiti and Jesse Lucada. It's a new group, a lot of new faces. They've got to be able to apply pressure. Do they have the talent there, Dusty? I think the talent's there, but it is still just a question mark. Adisa Isaac's health, how comfortable and how confident he is. They're saying the right things now. Uh, Deny Dennis Sutton, clearly an explosive, mature, talented player. Uh, he's a true freshman. And then Chop Robinson, he's making a transition from Maryland to Penn State. He's making a transition from a hybrid player to defensive end. You know, those guys have some juice. They have some serious juice. Uh, Smith Vilbert had three sacks in the Outback Bowl. Maybe, maybe if that's legitimate. You know, I think there a case can be made that these defensive ends can replace, you know, most of that production from last year. But, I mean, all of them have to prove it in one way or another, and you're going to want and need these defensive ends to be able to create pressure without necessarily dialing up an exotic blitz or without sending a bunch of extra bodies. If you can create pressure without dedicating extra guys to the pass rush, that is the ultimate, I think, in, in playing defense at, uh, at this level. And hopefully, you know, the, if these guys all come together, I mean, I, I do feel like they're capable of doing that. We all just have to see it first. 
and in the middle you have the return of P.J. Mustafer. But the other name that just seems to keep popping up is Akeem Beeman. Yeah, I think uh, um, Manny Diaz called him slippery, hard to block, a challenge for interior guards. I think he's just so elusive and quick and is quick off the line of scrimmage. I mean, if he's back and if he resumes that form that had the coaching staff so excited prior to whatever last season was for him, uh, that can be a big addition and big disruption from the inside. If they can become more disruptive inside then that's just a bonus for everybody and, and can kind of make everybody's job a little bit easier. And James Franklin dropped his name in an interesting way while talking about Hunter Norzad making that tra- uh, transition from Ivy League to Big Ten and learning how to block against folks like P.J. Mustafer and Akeem Beeman. I found that interesting that that's the name that he used. All right, Dustin, that's it for quarter number one in the news. We're going to get back to our top 40. Stay tuned. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at techresults.com. That's T-E-K results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. And Dustin, as you said, Essentially, the offseason's over. It's time to start thinking about the season. It's also time to start talking about traveling out to Happy Valley. And yes, our good friends at Go PSU RV are back and offering a special deal. It's the KSN special. Get this, Dustin. 
be the first person to reserve the KSN special for either the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or the Michigan State game, you'll get $500 off your RV for the weekend. For those who are new to our show, don't remember this. Go PSU RV is where you drive your own car to Happy Valley, and they have the RV all set up, ready for you, give you free transportation to and from the game. It's essentially one big tailgate party interrupted by a ball game. For more information, call Mark at 800-519-8467. And remember to tell him you want the KSN RV special and you get 500 bucks off. Now that's a deal. All right, Dustin, it's time for us to finish our top 40. We are the Casey Kasem of Penn State football with our top 40. And as he Casey would say, the hits don't stop till we reach the top. I'll bet you our older listeners will remember that. Which means you're over what? 50 years old? Uh I mean, I I'm 40 and and I and I remember it maybe not as crisply as as a 50 plus would, but uh I I think I think his influence um it, it stretches a little further than you're thinking. All right. Well, let's get to our top 40. And Dustin, we are going to finish it up today. we got to be efficient about it because we're going to do three at a time in quarter two and three. We are up to number eight on our countdown. And number eight is wide receiver Mitchell Tinsley, the transfer portal get from Western Kentucky. He's going to be expected to be either 1A or 1B among the wide receivers, correct? Yeah, 100%. And and the further we go since learning of his intentions to transfer to Penn State and seeing what his numbers were at the time, uh, seeing some brief clips of, of him going about his business at Western Kentucky to now where I watched, I've watched him a little bit more extensively over the past week, you know, I have I have started to like him more and more, and really view him as, as a very very good complement to what Parker Washington brings to the table. And I do think the Penn State offense kind of needs him to be that. I don't think he needs to be Jahan Dotson. He's wearing that number out there. He's he's got a different skill set than Jahan does, and that's okay. I think Parker Washington has uh, some of those things that Jahan had with him as the number one receiver last year. But Mitchell Tinsley and James Franklin went into this a little bit this past weekend. You know, just tough, uh, consistent, uh, competitive, goes about his business in a very professional way. And I think that's what the game film kind of suggests, too, where he doesn't really need to have a lot of separation on somebody to, to make him a candidate to make a catch back shoulder throws, just kind of winning those one-on-one matchups, wanting it more than defensive backs. I mean, the skill set that he has uh, is a lot more, in my eyes, meat and potatoes than what Parker Washington has. And I think, you know, on on tape alone, I think Parker Washington, without a doubt, is Penn State's best wide receiver. I don't know if anybody really doubted that, but having this accomplished guy come in, Mitchell Tinsley is a product of his own hard work, and he goes about and he and he plays that way. He strikes me as a guy, and I think I saw that he was he's roommates with Sean Clifford. He's where he's going to be where Sean Clifford expects him to be, and there's going to be trust there, and I think there's going to be a lot of production there too. 
He doesn't have a lot of the high end explosion that you would want from a wide receiver. I don't think I don't know what he runs in the forty yard dash, and I don't know about his his quickness like in the cone drill. But on film, you know that's one area where he doesn't have what Jahan Dotson had. But Penn State's not going to ask him ask him to do those things. He's going to be really good in tough yarded situations. I feel like he's going to be a really trusted option, short yardage, third down. I mean, I think this is a guy who's going to play a very important situational role in the Penn State offense. And was it James Franklin who said becoming roommates with Sean Clifford means he's smart too? A hundred percent. And and that, and that's good for everybody. I mean, for the new guy that needs to make them on a personal level needs to make the most of this season. And for somebody to come in and, and, and be asked to do what he's being asked to do, he he's got to make the most out of every second that he's got. And it really sounds like he's doing that. And next up, Mitchell Tinsley was number eight. Number seven is the other wide receiver we've been talking about, Parker Washington. And it's interesting, year after year now, Dustin, the next guy in line, who's next up to take over after K.J. Hamler, there's Jahan Dodson, and Parker Washington is next in line. And I think with Mitchell Tinsley, it takes a little bit of the pressure off him because, like I said, I think between the two of them, they're going to be 1A and 1B. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think um, Parker Washington's got a little bit more of a flair for the dramatic when it comes to one-handed catches and, and diving and uh, kind of doing the, making those highlight reel plays where, where he shakes a defender out of, his, out of his cleats. You know, he brings all those different things to the table. And even though he was kind of he, he was definitely Penn State's second option in the passing game last year, you look at how the dust settled with his production, and his production was outstanding for that role. His production was outstanding for any role. You know, for him to be sixth in the Big Ten in catches with 64, and for him to be eighth in receiving yardage with 820 in that role, I mean, I don't think he's got to show a lot more for people to believe that he is a true blue number one wide receiver. And I think there's possibilities where he is so good this year, uh, tests so well, film looks outstanding, where he's an NFL draft guy after this year. And you talk about, you know, passing the torch from one wide receiver to another. We could be having a different conversation next year if both Parker Washington and Mitchell Tinsley are gone. Who's going to receive that torch and all that? But for now, I think just enjoy what these guys bring. You know, Parker Washington, outside of being, you know, maybe an inch or two shorter than ideal, he runs extremely well. He's very, very quick. He's crisp in and out of his breaks. He runs really good routes. He's got great ball skills. He can go up and catch something. He can make a play after the catch. He does, He is just about all you could want in a wide receiver. And I, I don't know that I'm going to predict that he's better than Jahan Dotson, who's going to perfectly replace what Jahan Dotson brought to the table. But I think it's going to be pretty close when, when the dust all settles here. I think Parker Washington is going to have a great, great year. And I feel like he is off to the NFL after this season if he's remotely close to what most people expect from him. The other thing I think with Parker Washington, Dustin, you remember back when we were watching his high school tape and we often said he looks like a running back at wide receiver. And also remember last season when you'd hear the announcer say, Penn State's got to get the ball to Jahan Dotson, find a way to get it to him. I think 
that's what they're going to need to do with Parker Washington. So those wide receiver screens or reverses or something where he acts even like a running back, I think he would be exceptional at it. And I think it was a missed opportunity last year that they didn't do that more with him. I don't think there'll be any excuse not to use him that way this year, right? I would agree with that. And um, at one point, I did say that, okay, if he's a perfect substitute for Jahan Dotson in those situations and with those types of play calls, I feel like he's going to be better on those plays than even Dotson was. You know, it was no secret that Dotson was on the small side. And there was, I don't think anybody on the Penn State sideline really wanted to see him embrace contact or put himself in a bad situation where where one defender holds him up and another one comes in. So what Jahan Dotson ended up doing a lot of the time is kind of burrowing beneath defenders and getting the most yardage he can without taking hits. And I don't know that Parker Washington is more interested in taking those hits, but he's better equipped to do it. And I think he's going to be... Um, looking to do more damage in those situations, put, put it that way. Um, so I, I, I really like, you know, in that particular role, I think he's going to be outstanding there. Let's go to the other side of the ball for number six in our countdown, and that's defensive end Adisa Isaac coming back after a year off with injury. And we were talking about early, earlier in the news, Manny Diaz emphasizing forcing turnovers. That starts up at especially with the defensive ends, uh, Dusty, Adisa Isaac, what do you expect for him from him coming back off injury for a year? I mean, if you can count on his health, you can also count on explosion, um, you know, the twitch that you just can't teach. Uh, I think he's gifted when it comes to um, winning those one-on-one matchups and, and getting to the quarterback. So as long as he remains healthy, I mean, he's got a pretty special skill set too. And he just is, is one of those guys where just because he missed a year with, with injury, I don't think anybody needs to be less excited about him. It's just one of those things you just need to see him get his legs under him and, and get on the field and, and show it. You know, I think we're still it's still kind of wishing upon um, potential with him. And I think the rubber's got to meet the road. But I, I feel pretty confident that as long as he stay, stays healthy that um, Isaac can be the leader of this pass rush and can, can, can be a guy who's good for maybe six or seven sacks this season. And if he gives that and if he stabilizes this rotation by, by being a, a big part of it, uh, that's, a, that's a big part of the, the puzzle. It's a big part of the equation for Manny Diaz in this defense. Um, so his, his stability... And what he brings to the table with, with his electric ability is uh, is very, very important, I think, for what Manny Diaz wants his defense to be. And as far as we talked about at wide receiver passing the torch, it's the same thing at defensive end from, you know, Gross Matos to Owe to Ibikidi. Is Adisa Isaac the heir apparent? Is he the next guy up? Oh, I think he is that guy. You know, I, again, he's got to prove it. He's got to prove his health and, and all that. But from an ability standpoint, he can absolutely receive the torch this year. And I do expect him to. But again, I mean, it's just that little hint of uncertainty because no, nobody's seen him in, in over a year. So uh, he, he's got to go out there and prove it. And I suspect that, you know, the motivation and the competitor in him is going to really have uh, opened his eyes to missing the game over the course of a year. And maybe he's a guy who comes out with his hair on fire in week one. And again, if the defense wants to apply pressure, 
wants to force turnovers. You've got to get that from the defensive ends. Adisa Isaac, Chop Robinson, those are the guys you're looking to to provide that pressure. All right, Dusty, that is it for quarter number two. We did numbers eight, seven, and six. When you come back for quarter number three, we're going to continue the countdown with numbers five, four, and three. Stay tuned. In his book, Why Penn State, author Greg Woodman takes readers on a trip back in time to Happy Valley in the 1980s, a unique era of gridiron success and rapid expansion that gave our university its modern identity. Whether you're traveling down memory lane or discovering old states past for the first time, this compilation of rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews helps you explore the why behind We Are. Start your journey today. Order online at whypennstate.com. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at techresults.com. That's T-E-K results.com. Or give us a call at 814-206-0000. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. He's Dustin Hawkinsmith. And Dusty, we are continuing our countdown of the KSN Top 40. And you know what? The hits don't stop. Till we reach the top. I love that, Dusty. Going to use this several more times before the day's over. This is it. This is the last opportunity for your Casey Kasem, your inner Casey Kasem to come out. So enjoy the ride. Well, stick with us, and I may, I may just pull out a keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. All right, Dusty, let's get to <laughs> where are we now? We're at up to number five. We're at our top five. And this segment, it's all about the defense. Five, four, and three. We're going to start at the defensive line. We finished up last segment with Adisa Isaac coming off an off year. By off, I mean he wasn't around. He was out for the year with injury. We go to tackle P.J. Mustafer, the guy in the middle. Last season, we all talked about quarterback Sean Clifford getting hurt when the team was 5-0. and oh. What a large effect that has. A lot of folks forget 
that's also when the team lost P.J. Mustafer, and that made a big difference also, didn't it? Oh, it did. And I think even if you look at that Iowa game, you know, I think Penn State didn't need a lot more than they had in order to get over the top and win that game. Now, obviously, everyone would have loved if the backup quarterback was remotely prepared to come in there in that environment and uh, and at the and, and at the very least be you know competent in his ability to to pick up some first downs. You do that, you win that game, and who knows? But PJ Mustafer. I, I mean, I think it's safe to say the loss to Illinois doesn't happen if P.J. Mustafer is healthy and in there. You can say what you want about Sean Clifford and him being dinged up and not being himself, but chances are Illinois' strategy to just swarm the Penn State defense with big bodies and run it down their throat would have been derailed a little bit more with that with this guy in the middle. And I think it kind of starts right there when you look at impact. He can be that one guy in the middle who can take on two or three guys. And, you know, there's part of his job that's going to be the, the it's going to be to do the work that there's no glory involved. This is the guy that, you know, if you're a casual fan, you're not really seeing necessarily what Mustafer is doing because maybe he's not making the tackle or maybe he's not getting to the quarterback, but he's consuming multiple blockers and is, is allowing other guys to be free to do that. But then the other part of it, which I think is what makes him, you know, a pretty special player and makes him, you know, if he's healthy and well and right, uh, makes him an NFL draft prospect is he does have the capability. If he's got a one-on-one matchup, he is quick enough to penetrate and make a play behind the line of scrimmage, whether that's pressuring the quarterback or getting to the ball carrier. You know, that's what you're looking for in a defensive tackle, especially a big bodied guy at 330 pounds. You're looking for him to be able to do that dirty work. And you're also looking for him to maybe collapse the line of scrimmage and make some plays uh, behind the line. He, he showed that he's able to do that. And I do think the the first part of his role is going to be even more important than ever this year because he's going to be surrounded by by new faces, two new defensive ends, a new starter defensive tackle, two new starters at linebacker behind him, including likely a young starter middle linebacker. If he's able to do that job and he's back and he looks like he he did the first four or five games of last year, it's going to make you know whether that's Kobe King or Tyler Elsden or Jonathan Sutherland who's making his debut at linebacker. All these guys can really benefit by P.J. Mustafer's ability to be that big, huge wrecking ball in the middle of this defense. And um, not all of it's glory work, like I said, but it is super, super important to where this defense needs to go. And, Dustin, the big teams at the top of the college football food chain, when you're talking Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State, they might be able to afford to lose their one big guy there in the middle because there's somebody ready to replace them. Not necessarily the case at Penn State. So having P.J. Mustafer in there is all the more important. All right, Dustin, let's go to number four, and that is Jair Brown. Speaking of handing the torch over to the next guy, this one becomes obvious at safety a year ago. I'm not the only one to say this. One of my favorite guys, Jaquan Brisker. He had to be one of your favorite guys. Had to be if you're a Penn State fan. And the Lackawanna College kid, well, guess what? Next up, next turn, Lackawanna College kid, Jair Brown, who already, this won't be a coming out party for him. He came out last year, had a big year with the interceptions, seems to have a lot of the same skills that Jaquan Brisker did. You have them number four in the countdown. 
And, you know, I think with Mustafer and maybe with Jair Brown, I, I wouldn't argue if you wanted to move him up a little bit. Um, I feel like with Jair, in the case of Jair Brown, you know, I think just the, the positional value at safety isn't quite what some of the other positions are, especially on this Penn State roster. Um, but otherwise, I mean, he is a do-it-all safety. I think, you know, you mentioned the, the comparison to Jaquan Brisker. I think they they can be parallel in, in some areas, and I think they start to branch off a little bit where Brisker is, is a little bit more of that nitty-gritty, um, more it's his style to play in the box. And uh, Jair Brown is perfectly good and acceptable and, and, and uh, wants to do that work. But I think he thrives more so in the passing game and with ball skills and being that kind of center fielder out there. That's where there's, there's some subtle differences there. Um, but, you know, with, with Brisker, you know, speaking of favorite player, like when you have a guy who's that talented um, and is that, uh, you know, it, it bring your lunch pail to work kind, kind of guy, you know, willing and able to do all that blue collar work and is a good leader and, and leads with his guts. You know, what else could you ask for? And I think, you know, Jair Brown, similar story in the fact that, you know, when you have to go the junior college route and football is not guaranteed to you, you have to earn yet another scholarship opportunity. You know, it, it changes the mindset of these guys. And Penn State's found a really good thing with, with him. And, you know, I'm sure James Franklin's hoping they found another really good thing with Tyrese Mills coming. I do feel like the junior college experience, especially when you're going to Lackawanna, when clearly they're teaching this position well and they're, they're evaluating well, um, Jair Brown is a, is a guy who's going to have a, a monster year this year. And I, you know, he had a better year than I think I even realized at the time last year, 73 tackles, um, led the team with 61 solo tackles, six interceptions, five pass breakups. I mean, he is a true do it all safety, but I think again, the distinction with him and Brisker is he's got more flair whenever they're the, the opposing teams attacking the middle part of the field, you know, especially down the field. The only part I might disagree with you, Dustin, is the positional value. And I understand. I get it. Traditionally, the safety may not have the same, the defensive tackle or, you know, the number one cornerback, and we will get there. But the way Brisker and Jair Brown played the position, it had more value last year. Those guys were making game-saving plays. They were the ones forcing the turnovers. They were the ones getting the interceptions. They were the ones coming into the box making big play-saving tackles. So I'm, I'm going to say, even at safety, it's positional value, too, the way they play the game. All right, before we get to our number three on our list, Dustin, just a quick reminder, go PSURV. Back in the house for Penn State football season. This is where you drive your vehicle to Happy Valley. They have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year we're introducing the KSN Special. Whether the game's Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game. You're the first one to reserve your KSN RV. You got $500 off. A fantastic deal. All you got to do is call Mark at 800 800- 519-8467 and tell them you want the KSN RV special. All right, Dustin, we are up to number three in our countdown. We're staying on the defense, and we're going to cornerback. 
and that's Joey Porter Jr. Do you remember another cornerback at Penn State who just has all the tools to be not just a really good cornerback, but an elite one like Joey Porter Jr.? Now, we've seen guys who have pretty good length. You know, we've seen, and, and, you know, some of them have gone on to the league. I think Tariq Castro Fields had good length, and uh, Amani Overwarrie uh, has been even better at the pro level than he was in college. Christian Campbell um, got a shot at the NFL when he was one of the lowest rated players in his recruiting class at, at Penn State. These guys have all had length, and Penn State has gladly recruited these guys. They've gladly recruited guys who were undersized. I don't think Penn State really has a type at cornerback, but with Porter, you know, I do think the the combination of length, feet, hips, athleticism, his arms are absurdly long. And you talk about what that does in terms of giving you a little bit of margin for error at this position. You can make a false step, uh, and but when you got arms like his, when you've got you know a, a frame like his, you can more than make up for that. And I think anytime if you're a, if you're a long cornerback and you move pretty well. Uh, and you got those long arms. I mean, really, the sky's the limit. And that's not even getting into being able to press all the, at the line of scrimmage. You know, all the tools are there. And I remember, like, it seems silly looking back whenever he w- uh, signed with Penn State, wondering if he was going to be able to stick at cornerback. You remember having that conversation just because it was, you know, uh, you're not accustomed to seeing that length really stick the whole way through. But, man, he has been... Uh, really, really good, really promising, but I still think there's so much more he's capable of doing, and so many people are expecting that of him this year. And, you know, he's number three on this list because I think he needs to deliver on that. He needs to lock down either one uh, opposing wide receiver or one side of the field each and every week. He It needs to be that true, like, no-fly zone. Uh, and if he's that guy, that makes this defense all the better. Uh, cu- coming up, this may it makes the defensive backfield all the better. And you think about the raw ability that's in Penn State's defensive backfield, and it's really, really impressive. But I don't think anybody's uh, you know has more ability than Joey Porter Jr. does. Yeah, it, he's got all the tools. This is a guy who, if he fulfills that promise this year, he's a first round draft pick, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, you know, we, we've we dwelled on the penalties last year. And I think maybe that's in part like dwelling on, as a player, being able to compartmentalize and move on when a mistake's happen. I think that's part of the maturity process and something that everybody would like to see from him. Not just adjust his technique so he's not grabbing as much, but being able to put a bad play behind him. That's the ongoing evolution of a cornerback and probably the next step for him. It, it really is, and again, if he does what he's capable of, he's a first-round pick after next year. All right, Dustin, all we have left are our top two players. If you're out there and been listening, can you guess who those two are? Stick around, we'll let you know. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, statecollege.com. Trust statecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. 
It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State, by author Greg Woodman, looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lion's soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at techresults.com. That's T-E-K results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith, and we have been doing our KSN Top 40 over the last several weeks. We saved the top eight for this week. The quick, quick recap, Dusty, of our top eight so far. At number eight was wide receiver Mitchell Tinsley. Number seven was Parker Washington, also at wide receiver. Number six, defensive end Adisa Isaac. Defensive tackle P.J. Mustafer comes in at number five. Jair Brown, safety, number four. Cornerback Joey Porter was number three. And that leaves us, Dustin, with our top two. I'm hesitating here to allow our listeners to think it through. I think one of them's obvious. Maybe they don't have, won't think of our number two guy on our list. But at number two is linebacker Curtis Jacobs. And Dustin, obviously he's important. But I think there is a lot of positional value to him. Not so much because linebacker is so critical except that he's the one returning starter at that position. So it, I think it adds a little element there to his value. It, it does, and I, I think that, that maybe made the difference. In my eyes, uh, where, where you know you can make a case for P.J. Mustafer or Jair Brown or Joey Porter Jr., especially when you're looking at overall position value to be more important, but... What Curtis Jacobs brings to the table is so, so important in this linebacker group. He is the only known commodity literally on the entire depth chart at linebacker. I don't care what, what uh, you know, three starting positions you're looking at. He's going to have a new face beside him uh, calling the plays, trying to be the, you know, take command of the defense. I feel like he's going to be an important part of the communication process for who, whether that's Kobe King or Tyler Elsden. 
You know, he's going to have, you know, a former safety at the other starting job on, on the outside in Jonathan Sutherland. You know, I think uh, his ability to make the full range of plays just becomes so important with those guys and the fact that they're going to skew pretty young in the depth behind him. Uh, he's also going from uh, the strong side of the field to the weak side of the field where he's going to be more involved uh, in, in the box. He's going to be you know, being asked to be more physical, take on more blockers, be a bigger presence in the run game. Um, so you combine his ability with the new faces in that group, with the fact that they lost two starters, they lost so much production, um, you know, with, with uh, guys leaving the program. I think four of the top five tacklers let, left the program. You know, Curtis Jacobs is going to is gonna have to be that guy. He's going to have to be not just as good as he was last year, but even better. He's, he's going to have to do more of that physical grind type work uh, inside the box. I think he's game for all those challenges. Certainly from an ability standpoint, he's got all that uh, 61 tackles last year. He's got the, all the physical tools to, to get that job done and, and play the role that Penn State needs him to. But you look at, you know, just all the way up the middle of this defense. Um, P.J. Mustafer, I, I think he's started to answer questions about his health inside. You're going to have a new starter at defensive tackle, two new starters at defensive end, two new starters at linebacker, a new starter behind him. Um, you know, losing Jaquan Brisker was such commanding presence on this defense. I think Curtis Jacobs is, is one of those guys who is most likely to, um, not just from a production standpoint, but from a communication and leadership standpoint, he's going to be asked to do more there. Just extremely important to help keep this ship steady as all these new pieces start to work their way into it. There's all of that, Dustin, and I'll add to it with now we've been talking all about Manny Diaz and his style of defense, and he's looking for the big play. He's looking for the turnovers. And I imagine you you feel like there's playmakers on the defensive line. You feel like there's playmakers at defensive back. Not sure there are playmakers at linebacker except for this guy. And I think bringing Manny Diaz in, it'll mean he'll be asking more of Curtis Jacobs. Yeah, and on the field more often, uh, on the field in different situations, uh, he's just going to be all across the board. He's going to be asked to, to do more. And uh, never mind the fact that if Kobe King wins the middle linebacker job, you're going to have a second-year redshirt freshman um, as, as that key cog in the middle. And I just feel like some of the command role this defense is going to fall on Curtis Jacobs. Uh, I, I do feel like... Uh, Manny Diaz is also going to recognize that Curtis Jacobs can be a real asset when it comes to pass rush and can be used in unique ways. I mean, his production last year was seven tackles for loss and three sacks. I think he can build on that a little bit more, too. And as Manny Diaz really looks around his personnel and his defense, his assessment's going to come back that Curtis Jacobs just commands to be used in as many ways that he can possibly dream up. And uh, I think that's pretty exciting, too. He's going to be asked to do more in that regard. So super important guy on the defense, and especially at that position. You know, you could see a defense that has Abdul Carter, a true freshman on the field. Uh, Jamari Budden is another guy competing for a key spot. That rotation, you know, I think Curtis Jacobs is going to be the guy who maybe never really even leaves the field. Uh, So you're going to see a snap count increase. So whatever you can say that – Penn State needs more of with Curtis Jacobs. He's going to be asked to do that. And Dustin, that leaves us with number one. 
Care to guess who this is? Give you a hint. It's probably the fourth year in a row this guy is the number one most important individual player. Of course, it's quarterback Sean Clifford. And Dustin, I go back and forth on him in so many different ways. This is the guy who in 2019 had the great season, first year as a starter. We all know the last two years what the record is, overall 500 through 2020 and 2021. And he's got to take a lot of the responsibility for that. But remember, this is also the guy at one point last season, this team was 5-0, road win over Wisconsin, big whiteout win over Auburn, and they were at Iowa up a couple touchdowns, just shredding Iowa when he got hurt. The question becomes, which Sean Clifford are we going to get? What do we have with Sean Clifford? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's a good point that Sean Clifford was playing at a very high level. And I think back to, you know, the Auburn game, for example, he was crisp and sharp. And Mike Yersich's play calling was in, was in a rhythm. It was creative. Um, it was creating uh, problematic situations for Auburn. I mean, I think... You know, that type of form is what everybody hopes that Penn State can get back to, especially with Sean Clifford. And, you know, I I think there's reason to believe it, you know, but you look back at, you know, 2019 and especially 2020 and 2021, there were just long stretches where, for whatever reason, I think his health was impacted and, and that affected his play a lot, especially last year. Where, you know, I don't know if anybody really trusts that he can string together 12 or 13 games like those five games we're talking about. So um, I think that's the best case scenario. I think there's a lot of things that kind of uh, are in his favor going into this season. You know, first of all, getting better with age. He's 46 now. Uh, he's his retirement fund is almost full. His employer has been matching it. He's psyched about that. I know. But uh <laughs> Um, experience is going to help him. You know, he, he's seen and done a lot of different things in this game. He's battled through a lot of different things. Nobody is questioning his heart, his preparation, his work ethic. I also think his physical tools are fine. I just feel like going into year two, um, the advantage of being with Mike Hirsich again and understanding the playbook and the concepts and what they're trying to do and being able to relay that, um, being able to make quicker, better decisions. I mean, all that stuff is where the game is, is at. Where that That's the margins for, for Sean Clifford to, to play even better. But I think what it really comes down to is he needs to be probably protected from himself. I don't think you need to ask Sean Clifford to tuck and run as much as he does. You know, in those situations, you would expect that he has learned to avoid contact a little bit better. But I think in those moments, he wants every inch he can get. And so he's willing to take on big hits. I don't know if the if that part of his DNA is going to change overnight. I feel like the Penn State coaching staff needs to lean on its running game to run the ball. Sean Clifford's got to do some of that. He's got to present the threat of it. But I think any unnecessary carries for Sean Clifford are bad carries for him. You need him as close to 100% as you can get because if he's playing at 70% and it looks the way the second half of last season went, this team's not going to get where they need to go. They need to see the big picture and protect Sean Clifford a little bit and let him be your quarterback, not your running back. Very good points, uh, Dustin. And I'm I'm still a glass-half-full 
with this guy. I truly am. And what sticks out to me is our friend and colleague T. Frank told me that Sean Clifford's statistics while under pressure were one of the worst in college football. Every quarterback is less efficient when they're under pressure. For Sean Clifford, it was all the more so. So I think a better offensive line where he's not always under pressure and something more of a running game will take even more pressure off of him. And he will be able to just then rely on his skills that he does have. He does have enough skills at that position. And I think those things, the team getting better around him, will make him a much better player. And I do think if he's less under pressure less, that's great. He also needs to show growth under pressure. And, and some of that is, you know, just as I said, going for every inch when the ball is in his hands and, he, and he's running it. Trying to make a big play when the pressure's there, or maybe maybe it's just not there for him, and he needs to learn how to cut bait, run out of bounds, throw it out of bounds, take a little, take a sack if he needs to. Um, I think we've seen that in different parts of his game too, where the pressure's there, or you know he's trying to make a play that's not there. He needs to learn how to scale that back. It's almost like his competitive drive is so intense that it can lead into some sticky situations. And if he's able to hedge that a little bit, show personal growth as an individual, that can only help as well as what you said, where better blocking, better run game, being more on schedule, being in year two with the same coordinator, anticipating things more, getting through progressions quicker. All these different areas, there's reason to believe Sean Clifford can show some growth. And I think it's vital, obviously, that that he shows them. He's number one on on this list. Just because it's obvious doesn't mean it's not true. Super important for him to be the best version of himself for a full season. Uh, not, Not half of it, not four games, all of the season. And Dustin, there was a great, great quote from Sean Clifford during Big Ten Media Days where he said by having a second year with Mike Yursich, that he went from a year ago learning the offense, this year it's about mastering the offense. And I think having that kind of confidence will be uh, very good for him. All right, Dustin, that is it for our show today. That is it for our top 40. And remember, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. In his book, Why Penn State, author Greg Woodman takes readers on a trip back in time to Happy Valley in the 1980s, a unique era of gridiron success and rapid expansion that gave our university its modern identity. Whether you're traveling down memory lane or discovering old states past for the first time, this compilation of rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews helps you explore the why behind We Are. Start your journey today. Order online at whypennstate.com. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, 
local information from Penn State's hometown website, statecollege.com. Trust statecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at techresults.com. That's T-E-K results.com. Or give us a call at 814-206-0000.